Susan Felth, the Citizen Kane of podcasting. Modern man is confronted with so many movies. Which ones are films? And which ones are filth? In at number one on the shit list, it's the Hollywood Cinema System. Cinema what? System? That's not what I meant. I meant to say... Studio? Studio System? Yeah. Studio System. Yeah. Studio <laughs> system. <laughs> also, the cinemas, oh. they charge too much for the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, they're, them they're, while we're at it. Complicit <laughs> as hell. I feel like I mean, Japanese they popcorn get, is reasonable. They, they charge so much because they only get a dollar of each ticket, so all the money from the $20 tickets going straight to the studio system anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cinema. I, I, know, I know that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so in Japan, they charge more for the ticket and less for the popcorn. That sounds like a good system. Okay. Maybe. So we're outside of the studio system today. That's what we're doing right now as the uh, WGA uh, SGA strikes continue. So we we actually yeah, have... You said wee-wee. 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 Um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I'm Matt. Who are you? I'm Luke. I'm Mark. This film's in filth. We're going to find out if we're looking at a film or filth today with, with the writer and star of today's movie, not part of the union, so we can we can go about it all day. Hello, Matt Farley. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, we are way outside of the system in the, in the woods of New <laughs> Hampshire making a movie with a a Russian, uh, like at the time, 40 year old Russian camera that uh, we got um, from some some camera shop. I can't believe we ended up with a finished product. It was a miracle. <laughs> I guess that's what, uh, you know, like we, we have some uh, some friends that make movies and stuff. And that, that's usually what they say at the end, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what even a lot of people who do make big studio movies say by the end is like it's a miracle something came out yeah i was just having a reassess of uh david fincher and and just listening to the making of alien three and seven you know right at the beginning of his career it's like how did these actually make it through you know uh, oh, both of them are kind of <laughs> insane i mean Before... alien three you had like that was like the eighth script or something was... right sorry i was just counting alien seven will be the next one <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. alien three and seven I'm what trying to think of how to put the number into it, like A seven A seven I E N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's confusing. But uh, it's Waluigi. It's also I, the I, name of um, Elon Musk's next kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did rewatch. Hope, Hope Grimes the... gets out of that one. She's done enough. I did rewatch the film. Uh, I mean, Alien Three. I also watched today's movie, which we'll get into in a moment, but I did notice it's a it's a good film that hates you, so it's hard to like because the film hates you so much. Mm. <laughs> yeah, could... I I liked it when I was 14 and kind of edgy and as I've grown older, I'm kind of like, did I did I really like it or did I just hate myself? I like mm. Michael Bean too much to like that film. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it hates you. But today's movie is, is funnier than Alien 3 by far. It's a uh, <laughs> freaky Farley. Um <laughs> Matt, do you want to give us the genesis of this one? Uh, just on, at least on the wiki, it's like saying you had made films before this, but this is the first uh, film one on a Russian camera. And uh, what's the genesis? Yeah. Um, 
So my friend Charlie, who's the director, Charlie Roxburg, um, we'd been making things together since college in the late 90s. And then um, we did a bunch of like about five feature length movies on on a mini DV camera um, that we kind of looked at as practice more, you know, more than anything. And then then it was like, all right, let's like uh, let's make let's take the next step and actually make a movie on film, which you know, even, even then people weren't really doing, um, you know, not, not at the level we were at, which is just guys with day jobs. And, uh, and we had no business (laughs) making a movie on film. Luckily, Charlie is really good with cameras because if it was up to me, I, it just wouldn't happen. Um, I, my, my expertise is, um, sweet talking people into working for free. So, uh, you know, all my friends and family and frankly, people we hardly knew, uh, we would recruit them (laughs) to come out in the woods and and make a movie. And then just story like we love we love 80s horror, 80s slashers that take place in the suburbs and the woods. And so um, you clearly that's what we're going for with this one. And then um, and then plot wise, I was inspired by uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Um, the like the framework of the of Freaky Farley kind of matches the way that 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 movie uh, goes. The question I wanted to ask you, the name Freaky Farley. Had you been called that prior to making the film or did you make that up for the film? Yeah. Good question. And uh, no, no one had ever called me that. And, uh, and we didn't we didn't even have a title like we had we we had a pretty good idea of the plot and then it just popped into my head freaky farley and like i was like ooh that that's got a ring to it and and then we decided to inject that into the script and make it the title um and definitely i mean it it rolls off the tongue hmm. yeah uh mark got a little he, you said you had a a quick rush of excitement when you misread the title as as Freaky Friday. Oh, I was for, like, for you have seconds. the star of Freaky Friday. I was like, <laughs> you thought I had Lindsay Lohan coming that happened for five a lot seconds. For people like, oh, Freaky Friday. Oh, no, no, not Freaky Friday. Yeah, well, if if we get a few accidental views from people thinking they were watching Freaky Friday, <laughs> we'll take it. That's fine. We're not above that. <laughs> if they're Grandma like, gets like their kid, uh... 45 minutes in and like, wait, no one switched bodies yet. That's so weird. <laughs> Well, you could see a, a killing as a switching of a body in a way, and that the <laughs> soul insane. is leaving the body, <laughs> and now the body is different. I, I, I really do hope that some grandmother somewhere around 2009 did give their tween daughter this, thinking it was a Lohan film. We got some, somehow we got it onto the Netflix, um, back when Netflix in its original form, you know, was mailing out DVDs to everybody. We got them to buy like 40 copies of Freaky Farley and we couldn't believe it. It was like the greatest thing that ever happened because like that was like the most legitimate form of uh, of, you know, at home movie watching. So it, th- those are floating around for a few years before they finally all cracked and, and got out of circulation. But th- that was our biggest uh, achievement at that time. Nice. Uh, this this question is is more for matt and mark and not not luke but um when's the last time you were in a rental store <laughs> you know shamefully we have a really great video rental store video drum here and i 
haven't been in years because I basically have a huge backlog of streaming crap and that just I'm like, well, I can watch something here without without going to a store. It's just shameful. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Matt, just out of curiosity, when was your last time in a rental store? Yo, it's been a long time. I, I, I can't even say, but I feel like Tubi is the is what everything I loved about uh, a video store, you know, like I liked the video store that kept every movie they ever purchased and just had this, this, these horrible titles, like with layers of dust on them in the back of the, the, the room, just waiting for me to uh, rent them. And Tubi is like that now, just like so much weird garbage that like you can't believe exists. And so thank God for Tubi. No, I've just asked is uh, Sunday where, you know, it's Japan. We're standing in a rental store renting Back to the Future 2, which uh, felt very strange in 2023. Only yeah. two. Because um, my daughter just watched one and now she wanted to see two. Oh. But she wants it with Japanese subtitles, right? And my Blu-ray is English only. So oh. <laughs> that was about to be my question was I couldn't believe you didn't already own Back to the Future 2. No, no, I've been repurchasing movies recently, so they'll have Japanese subtitles, so, mm. which is... How, are there several uh, video stores in Japan, or are you just lucky to live near one? Yeah, no, they're, they're still pretty common. They're slowly dying. The, the one that was right near our house, um, they closed about three months ago, which did allow me to run off with uh, 80 movies for 80 bucks on Blu-ray. So that, <laughs> nice. was, that was nice, but... Uh, Otherwise, yeah, it's it's now it's a dollar store, so it's less exciting. Um, well, you guys are kind of lagging behind us, right? Aren't your arcades dying? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more and more like just music games and that kind of thing. Oh, I but love this. Yeah, but right. that, that that was how it went out in the the West, right? No, no one goes in the arcade um, to play a game anymore, so it's all the peripherals and the nonsense, and eventually that will die out. The thing is, we at least in Atlanta, all our arcades just died super hard, and we had Dave and Buster's full of like redemption crap. And then, then we got around one, which is sort of the first time. I mean, we have fighting games in it and stuff like that, so it's more nice. like Japan gave us arcades back in a way. You can you You're can welcome. still find them, but yeah, they are probably um, twenty another ten years in them, maybe. And don't get me wrong, I have wasted a ton of money on the Redemption games at round one, but, you know, I'm ashamed of it. At least. Let's dive a little deeper into the movie, but I, I will just plop out this um, summary before we get too far uh, right. for the listener that maybe needs a refresh or something. We so should part... put out to the listeners now, actually. They can pause right now and watch the whole film on YouTube. That but is they true. should watch it. You could <laughs> Watch that. it anytime during this podcast. I'll, I'll take one minute, which is too long for Luke, but whatever. <laughs> since Farley Wilder's mother, uh, excuse me, since Farley Wilder's mother died when he was a young boy, his father, a respected local radio personality, has been punishing his son. Farley has spent a couple of decades digging and refilling a large hole by the family house rather than going to school and getting a job. Thus, his pastimes mostly involve floating down the river in his tube and peeping on the local women folk. After intentionally sabotaging a job interview his father set up, Farley befriends a spacey book-writing young woman named Scarlet, and they begin to explore their town's strange secrets. It turns out that violent beasts called Trogs inhabit the nearby woods, and they are responsible for the death of Farley's mother. Farley snaps, 
murders his father and then goes on a killing spree around town, but not before taking out a few trogs with his bare hands. Though Farley becomes institutionalized for his crimes, the town leaders realize that they can use Farley as a tool to reduce the trog population, which he does with the town ninja. Okay. <laughs> that, did that, you write did you write that synopsis yourself? That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, we have to we have to write our own here. So it's always like more stressful when we have the writer on. So which it, uh, oh, it's, it's yeah, so, you may not. You it's may not so have delightful. Like... Yeah, it's so delightful to hear that preposterous plot, uh, you know, described by someone else in their own words. I love it. Thank you. And, and that was a very dome one because um, I mean, you can find plot descriptions, but especially the end, they don't spoil it. And uh, yeah, Wiki did not have the full plot summary. So I was I think I missed a final sentence. But yeah, that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> These things happen. I feel like I missed something is my point, which is why I was like. Double concerned. <laughs> um, oh, you did great. This may sound weird. I kind of didn't think Freaky Farley was going to kill everybody. And then he did. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. We kind of lull, we lull you into this um, almost like this love story, practically, you know, with Scarlet and, and Farley having like local adventures and dealing with the, the bearded hobo. And um, and it, 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 that's because um, like when we watch these horror movies from the 70s and 80s, we're usually disappointed when the killing starts, you know, because like suddenly all the drama is is um, is not front and center. And we're, we're most entertained. Like what I like is a, a lot of drama with just like the occasional like POV shot from the distance that to remind you that this is a horror movie and like the, the killer is still there. But just like for the most part, I just I just love watching the way people interact in these horror movies. And so we we really just um, piled on with that for the, the first half. And and then and then what's fun is to just lose control in the second half of the movie to the point where suddenly you're like, wait, I thought I was watching like a, a quaint, you know, small town <laughs> romance. And now a ninja and a witch and a serial killer are on their way to to kill some trogs. Like what what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, when I first started the film. Because obviously Matt hadn't told me much, so it's like independent film and we're going to be talking to the guy who wrote and starred in it. And I was just thinking like, dear God, I hope it's good because I can't <laughs> sit here and talk. <laughs> and the bit where you got me was just the gag of he takes off the shirt and he's got the same vest underneath. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can be on board with this sense of humor. And then I, I really enjoyed watching it. Nice. And, and I mean, and when, when we're dealing with such a low budget, like that's a decision right there. We're like, do we spend the $4 to get this striped tank top for this uh, one tiny joke? And uh, I'm, I'm glad we made that decision. Obviously the, the, the toughest part was the, um, the film. It, I think it came some like $30. It was $30 per minute. Wow. And this was back in 06, 07. So we were, uh, we were very much not in favor of second takes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we're, we're like, all right, say your line, but just realize if you make a mistake, it's like a cash register just going and going and going. That put a lot of pressure on the actors, which, which, which results in like just like weird 
awkwardness that you you can't get you can't get that in a hollywood movie what what we got in in, in some of these performances I guess the musical advice, uh, the, the Miles Davis thing doesn't work there. If you make a mistake, do it three times. So everyone assumes you meant it, but maybe that doesn't work for acting. <laughs> we yeah, can't afford that much film. <laughs> I have, I have friends who shot a movie on film uh, called Dear God, No. And they, it kind of, I part of it, it kind of severed some friendships, I think, because the budget went all crazy because the film was so out of control. Or maybe that was the sequel. It was, it was one of those, but yeah, film yeah. is very volatile. Well, and <laughs> also filmmaking, filmmaking is very volatile and you have to, and friendships can um, fall apart in the midst of, of something like that. And uh, that's something that we're, we've always been very like aware of and, and any, all the time we just have to be like, none of this matters. And <laughs> this is just, yeah some people some people go on like weekend long fishing trips with their friends or something we make movies you know and and we're not going to let these movies um you know disrupt yeah a good time and so you know um we, we've never we've it never gets tense with anybody and and a, a good philosophy for us is just like however it turns out is how it was supposed to be you know cuz if you go into it being like, I want it to be like this, you're just going to be disappointed. You're just going to be pushing people to do something they're not capable of doing. But we, what we say is, well, let's find out what it sounds like when when this person delivers the line we wrote. And, and we're always, we decide to be pleasantly surprised. Nice. You mentioned another. Uh, Mark, so sorry. Say another thing I appreciated was that I wasn't sure the trogs were going to be real. And then they were. <laughs> yeah well um there's like there's a movie called the pit um 1980 or 81 it's a ca canadian movie I th it's probably mm -hmm. on tubi too where um that. where there's no subtlety whatsoever like there's a a kid who talks to his teddy bear and and you think like that's got to be in his head right but then midway through the movie the teddy bear t like moves <laughs> <laughs> and and then like the teddy bear talks and someone else hears it and and the viewer is just like what and the movie doesn't even the movie didn't even to, seem to consider like the ramifications of of these scenes you know like they're just like yeah let's have the teddy bear move now which just changes everything and and i the viewer of that look at it and i'm just delighted and i just think like oh this is hilarious and so Audio subtlety is is what what I say in in <laughs> when it comes to these movies. Like, yeah, the trogs are not a representation of Farley's like uh, inner darkness. They are just actual beasts uh, wreaking havoc on the town, and uh, and we had fun with it. I mean, I I played half of the trogs anyway too, which is funny too. <laughs> it's like the example I always use is the first two Blade movies, especially the first one where you're already dealing with a fantasy world but they talk about the blood God and everybody's like, yeah, there's no blood God. And then at the end of the movie, there's a blood God. It's like always <laughs> better to make something real that you think wasn't than the opposite, which is everything was a dream. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, um, and another thing is like, I, I kind of view it as like the first four, like free, freaky Farley's telling the story for the first 45 minutes or so. Mm. I kind of imagine that was part one. And what what we're watching in this movie is 
the plot of part one condensed into the first 45 minutes. And then part two starts when, when freaky Farley is allowed out of the uh, asylum. And um, at, from when it it's like, when we're so low budget, we have to, we have to be entertaining. Like we have to just like give people way more than they would expect in one movie. And so for us, it's like, um, let's give them two movies worth of plot in one movie, you know? And, and so, and, and I don't have you got any of you seen silent night, deadly night part two. I've only seen the first one Uh, from what I understand. The second one has like 45 minutes of footage from the first one in it. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly like, and most people look at that and they're just like, Oh, this is, isn't that awful. They repackaged the first movie and then just filmed half a movie. I look at it and I'm like, Oh, this is great. We get the best moments of the first movie. And then the, the, the rest of the movie is completely bonkers and insane. And like, I I've written fan mail to, to the director of that movie. Um, <laughs> and, and so I, it, and it's also just funny for like, um, my inspiration to be con- what is considered like one of the the lowest points in in the in eighties horror, which is not respected to begin with, you know. And it's mm. like, all right, that's my inspiration. I want to <laughs> I want to make more movies like that. <laughs> to clarify, I definitely have had multiple people recommend that I do watch Silent Night, Deadly Night too. So oh, it, okay, uh, and, it and that's the backers. thing. The director was given a task. Basically, he was like, "Here, here's part one." you uh, cut that into 45 minutes with with flashbacks and then we have enough money that you can film the 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 40 minutes that follow and what he <laughs> did was just magical and amazing and it's it's like a it's like a good writing exercise you know cuz um like most people who don't make movies are just like well if i made a movie like this and this and this would happen but like if you're actually making it you can't just be like you can't just let your imagination run wild because you have to actually make it, you know? And there's mm-hmm. so many, there's so many um, real life uh, problems, problems that get in the way that, you know, not the least of which is that like, w- we have no actors, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the people who are in the movie don't even want to be in it. Like what, what, what a great scenario where people, actively are trying to get out of being in the movie that you've devoted like two years to. Oh, it's, it's, (laughs) and, and, and so, and and another thing, and forgive me for talking so much, but um, a lot of like some, I look at like a movie like uh, Quentin Tarantino's um, the grindhouse one, you know, the grindhouse one that he did Mm, with Robert Rodriguez, right? Yeah. Oh, the planet terror. Yeah. Both of those movies. Yeah. Like I watched those and they were like they were like big budget movies faking low budget uh, quality production. Mm. Yes. And I watched that and I was like, why don't you guys just do what I did? Like make the movie for no money, uh, you know, out in the woods, you know. (laughs) And, And and so for us, it was like we're not trying we're not trying to be like bad. We're not trying to make mistakes. We're not, you know. But it's going to happen. And and when it happens, it's going to happen naturally. Like the worst thing I want are, are people purposely uh, giving a bad performance like that. That doesn't work for me. What works for me is, you know, a guy who who I work with, who I basically am forcing to to be in a scene when his shift ends, you know, like that's where you get the real magic. 
<laughs> yeah, we definitely talked about a lot that a little bit on our plan nine episode, mm. which recently yeah. was that, yeah, you can't fake it really. Yeah, you can't. And I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know what Edward was like in, in real life, but the way he is in the uh, jo- the Johnny Depp, uh, Tim Burton movie. I mean, I, I weep. I'm so inspired by by the uh, by the just like we we have to make a movie. We just have to make a movie and like like, oh, like, you know, Lugosi's dead. Like, all right, we'll just get someone else to to put a. What do they do? They put a cape over their their face, and and whatever we can do to just finish this thing, I totally relate to that. My mantra on this podcast has been: the biggest sin a movie can commit is just being boring. You know, so Plan Nine is not a bad movie at all. It's not boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah not at all. <laughs> and, and and it's just so it's just so fun to see to see what's when people make it uh, outside of especially like outside of LA or New York, you know, when you even mm. just see, like, cause we're kind of like so accustomed to seeing LA locations, you know, that if it's a movie made anywhere else in the country, it's, just, it's refreshing. Yeah. Even my family, uh, we were, we watched back to the future too. And then we watched, uh, something else. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but they were like, it's the same tunnel, you know, with the, with the, <laughs> the hoverboard chase. Cause so many movies use that tunnel. And right. I've seen like clips of like this one high school that has like, like open air area that apparently is used in just so many uh, Hollywood movies the last 30 years. So yeah, I, we, we film in new England and um, we're, we're happy to, to like highlight locations around here. Cause you know, other than, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, you, you don't see too much of uh, of this area. Um, I'll just throw out two movies that came to my mind while watching Freaky Farley. I'm just curious if if this is the sort of thing. I, I'm I'm pretty sure. I think I've you know, seen a wiki saying you've got a John Waters influence. So I definitely felt a bunch of pecker in this one, just like going around and looking at the local weirdos kind of vibe. So, yeah, I. I, I've barely I haven't even seen Pecker. I've seen Crybaby and I, I loved it. Uh and I know Charlie who directs the movie, he he's he's dug deeper. But yeah, we have tons of uh tons of respect for John Waters and and for sure, um from what, what I've seen and what I know of him, it, it, it feels you know, cause he's like uh he's a Baltimore guy, right? And he's like kinda celebrated uh Baltimoreness and and, and we like that. Yeah, I guess it's like a really, like you said, highlighting your place. It could be the scenery or just, you know, local colors. The thing that's really, yeah. gonna, if you can capture that in a film, that's when you've uh, caught a little fire, you know, because you can show a place, but it has to have that feeling uh, come through a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. some of the accents. How about the mayor in Freaky Farley? That guy, that's my uncle. And he's got the the most pure Massachusetts accent you could ever imagine. I just love it. <laughs> Yeah, I live in Atlanta where uh, our city is to stand in for everywhere because it's so bland. (laughs) Watch any Avengers movie. It's New York and New York is Atlanta. It's always Atlanta. Yeah, it's weird. It took me a moment to figure that out. It was like, I think it was Infinity War. And it was like, that looks recognizable. I was like, oh, I spent some time in New York City. And then it's like, oh, no, I know when I saw the filming locations, it's like, oh, that's why it's familiar. Okay, so. But but the whole thing is extremely frustrating to watch films with matt so i know that mall. Oh. i know that museum i, know, see, I know thing. that 
<laughs> a lot of people aren't so up on Baby Driver, but I'm like extremely grateful that Edgar Wright, who's a British director, came here and said, I'm going to make an Atlanta movie about Atlanta, and it is. Mm. So even though not not only do a lot of people have mixed feelings about it, but a lot of my friends specifically hate it because they filmed like a shootout scene near their house. But anyway, <laughs> I appreciate the, it. The other movie. Well, so the director from my hometown came and filmed the film in your hometown. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's our connection. That's pretty all sick. right. It all yeah. makes sense. The other film that came to mind, which I don't know, I, I don't know if this is going to sound insulting, but I, I love this film. And uh, <laughs> with Freddie got fingered, I just felt like the uh, the yeah. son father um, relationship kind of had similar vibes. So yeah, I love that movie too. I think it's uh, so good. I can't get enough of it. And um, and for sure, I mean, just like. Just, I mean, the the pushing of the uh, just pushing so far, and, and not being afraid to, to really just you know be off putting uh, is something that uh, that I respect big time in that movie, and um, and for sure, yeah, I mean, I don't, it wasn't like a direct influence by any means, but just uh, the general vibe of all of our our movies, um, we do like to sometimes test test the audience a little bit in uh and 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 give them moments where they can just be like what what are we what is going on here you know almost almost <laughs> to like uh weed out the the people with with unsophisticated taste you know like make them turn it <laughs> off and then all all the true believers will get rewarded in the end with with drugs yeah definitely the last three minutes because the first hour i'm like okay this is, i can see where it's a pretty solid indie film but and then the last 30 minutes it's like you know it goes off the rails in the best way so <laughs> yeah the the vibes i was getting actually for like the main bulk of the film was more like napoleon dynamite or just like an awkward teen romance you know like yeah. mid 2000s just you know he's a weirdo she's a weirdo but they're making it work yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's just pleasant <laughs> shades of like uh julian donkey boy stuff like that gummo mm. <laughs> yeah, and and um, like I said, uh, in 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 like Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, um, there's all these um romances between the characters, and when I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm into it, you know. I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen between these two? And and then then they start getting killed. I'm like, oh, that stinks. I was I was enjoying, <laughs> I was enjoying yeah. these stories, you know. So I um, love that movie though. It's a, it's underrated for me. I I, I like the uh the thrust of it friday part two yeah oh i love it too don't get me yeah. wrong and and i think they they err on the side of the story much longer than than some of the other sequels where you know yeah because i i think the trick is, and it, you look at like even halloween it's like the 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 horror doesn't happen till the the final third for the most part yeah you know and and again, I just I just love watching the the girls, you know, discuss Ben Tramer and and whatnot. So uh, so that's good. So uh, yeah, and the, the girl who plays Scarlet, she she did fantastic. She was the sister of um of a the guy, my roommate from college, and um hmm. and she knew she was just like, hey, I'll be in one of your movies, and we uh, <laughs> we couldn't. And she's the poor girl. She's been in all of our movies since then too. She every time I call, she's probably like, "Oh no, not the, not him again." <laughs> yeah, um, she did do great. So the the film comes out. You you've got at least the the Netflix success. So someone is watching it. Is the urge to 
what what is the urge to go more psychotronic or or pull back and focus on those little dramas? You're saying in the movies I've done since then, is that like, what you mean? Yeah, like creatively. What what is the, the impulse past that? Yeah. Well, we I mean, we've made uh since I think we've made like eight or nine movies since then. And um we definitely, I mean, what we made a movie called Don't Let the River Beast Get You, you know, which is like a good old fashioned monster movie. But again, it's one of those where you're 45 minutes in and you're like, is there supposed to be a river beast in this movie? Because uh, I've, I've barely seen one, you know. And so, um, yeah, we always have the elements of, of the of the B, the B movie elements, but um we we do enjoy our uh, small time small time drama, so it's really just um, balancing between those those two elements. I guess the only time I I made a movie called Local Legends, which is more of like a uh, introspective uh, story of um, what it's like to be uh, a, a small time artist, you know, and um, that does not have any uh, killings in it, and people seem to like that uh, for the most part, but. Yeah, you can't make that every time because, uh, you know, it's basically I had 10 years worth of interesting stories that I just stuffed into one movie. Uh, so I, I got it's been about 10 years, so I'm almost ready to do another one of those. I feel like you're in the minority most of the time when I speak to big horror fans. What I'm hearing is like, oh, yeah, I sit for all the human stuff. But I'm like, when's the killing going to start? <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm definitely in the minority, and um, hence you know my lack of success. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it's maybe. Like, I've taken the least respected horror movie, Silent Night, Dead of Night Two, and the element of horror that people are least interested in, which is the <laughs> interpersonal drama, and I've I've gone forward with those those two inspirations, but um, but I I. I I can't stop. I mean, we we put out two movies just this year, and we're planning to do another two next year. I think I think that that approach is definitely having a moment. I mean, like Hereditary, the, being the best example. Not that Hereditary has a whole lot in common with Freaky Farley, but it definitely emphasizes drama over just horror horror. And I do know a few people who hate the end of that, which is the the horror part. Um, I'm usually kind of reluctant to call myself a horror fan because I do prefer the slow burn. I like I like Rosemary's Baby better than The Exorcist. I mean, obviously, you know, fuck Roman Polanski, but other, other than that, you know. Yeah, and it, it maybe maybe the torture, the torture porn era is uh is not as bad as it used to be. I don't, I, I'm not that yeah. up to date with horror movies, but I mean, there was a a stretch. Yeah, I there. feel like I don't hear much of that anymore. Yeah, I never enjoyed that stuff at all. And I mean, that's probably not a hot take at all. But like, I just remember watching Hostel and being just miserable the whole time and bored. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then then there's like the other thing that bugs me is like um, not a lot of people are talking about this. And but the remake of When a Stranger Calls Back, which probably came out 15, 10, 15 years ago, um, it took place like it took place in this like really like state of the art lakeside house with like huge glass windows clear, like very like, like a mansion on the lake for essentially. Mm. And it's like that, 
that took me out of it right away because it's it's like I just want to see a babysitter in like a normal suburban house, just like like the original when a stranger calls or whatever, you know, like um, it feels like they always want to like throw in this little caveat that for me um, makes it so much less relatable. You know, I mean, more people Mm. live in, in little suburban homes than than lakeside mansions, you know. I mean, I have genuine I nostalgia for the uh, early 90s when everybody was just ripping off Fatal Attraction. Like, you go to the oh. movies every week, Hand yeah. That Rocks the Cradle, stuff like yes. that. Just super fun. Just ridiculous. Yeah, but, what do they but, call it? Yuppie Nightmare. Did, uh, one of your um, competitors is called uh, With Gorley and Rust. They just talk oh, yeah. about horror, horror movies. They did a whole uh, like season on the, the yuppie nightmare movies like fatal attraction <laughs> and the rocks the cradle and yeah those nice. movies those movies are are a delight uh trust me we're no one's competition <laughs> <laughs> if anything yeah if anything we probably listen to that i've listened to their podcast and they have not listened to us but you know yeah if they are listening well, hey thanks <laughs> welcome um yeah, well, that's great. You're I mean, you're in the same you're in the podcast level of where I am in the movie level, you know? And and that's where yeah, the maybe. real <laughs> that's where the real honest stuff is happening, you know? Like Oh yeah, 100 re- years from now this is the stuff yes. people will respect. I know. And <laughs> and there's supposed to be you're supposed to be able to take solace in the knowledge that you'll be appreciated later, in, you know, after your death, but I'd much rather have it happen. I'd love now. a little bit of appreciation now, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, because we're not going to do a plot twist like in Freaky Farley, like in a in a hundred episodes, I kill Matt and Luke or something over like, Zoom. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah, over Zoom. <laughs> well, hey, that makes it cinematic if you do it over Zoom. <laughs> you don't work with yeah. Matt day to day. I can't promise I'm not going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a lot more. Uh, it'll cost a lot less for you to kill Matt than for me to kill either of you guys. I'd have to pay yeah. like a, a guy or airfare <laughs> if you're yeah. not being lazy. <laughs> or airfare. <laughs> Uh, you're saying yeah. maybe maybe you're not giving people what they want in movies, but uh, you are giving people what they're looking for in, in music, it seems. Uh, we, we can't <laughs> let you out without talking a bit about that. What, it says you're up to 23,000 songs on Spotify, is it? What? 24,000 going on 25. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've, I've always been just, you know, like, as, you know, making t- two movies a year for the last few years and dating back to high school and college, I just developed this whole like marathon approach to creativity where it's like, um, what, what's the point of life if you don't, if you haven't written a hundred songs in a weekend, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so I started releasing music, uh, in Oh four, like when, uh, iTunes happened, suddenly like you could get your music on iTunes. And so I started putting out the music that I'd been recording and um, over the first few years, I noticed the love songs uh, nobody was buying, you know, the the heartfelt, introspective songs no one was buying. But the silly songs, people were people were buying them like we had a song called Shut Up Your Monkey. And it, it made <laughs> it made five dollars in 2006. And uh, most people would and that was our number one song of 2006. It made five dollars. And most people would look at that and say, like, all right, it's over. We're never going to make it. But I looked at that and I was like, oh, I know what to do. 
I'll just only write un- weird songs about unusual topics. And so since then, <laughs> I've like, you know, I've released almost 25,000 songs and um, songs about cities, but not just about cities. I mean, about like the 50th most populated city in Wisconsin, you know, where it's just like <laughs> where the people are shot. Like they're like, why would anyone write a song about our town? And um, songs about animals, songs about food and my my big moneymaker is songs about poop because um <laughs> kids kids ask their um their smart speaker <laughs> to play poop songs and when they do my songs play and and that that's my full-time job for the last uh, 6 years is collecting um half a penny at a time and and streaming royalties all right funny because yeah matt and i both write music and we're like matt's so much closer to you on the spectrum where he'll do two or three albums a year the only thing i've produced in the past year is the theme song for this podcast <laughs> never i well, never put anything out <laughs> yeah well i mean that that's not that's that, that's more than most it's more than most but yeah, yeah my general like um i, I just i'd say never say no to an I- idea like it's my duty to follow through on every idea no matter how awful it seems and frankly half the time the 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 thing that i think is the worst is the thing that people respond to (laughs) the the most positively so i'm not a good judge of my own work so all i can do is churn stuff out and um and you know i i have i mostly have fun doing it and i i can't believe i haven't had a real job uh in six years it's it's amazing that's awesome yeah i'm trying to to edge I'm trying to edge towards following through on some stuff. We'll see what you happens. Follow through your I, duty as well. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna follow through my duty. <laughs> Thankfully, I can do that after I got out of the hospital. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, I have some ideas, but you know, all the plugs that I've made on uh, earlier podcasts, uh, where I was like, check out my music on Bandcamp, and it doesn't exist. Sorry <laughs> about that, listeners. <laughs> it doesn't it still doesn't exist and it will not exist there my general like uh, what works for me is just um like not being a perfectionist <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean you I'm watch Fre- I'm you bad. watch freaky farley it clearly uh you know i'm not a perfectionist and and ultimately it's just like it, if you're trying to be perfect it just never gets finished and uh and then if you don't finish one project, then you don't start the next one. Or if you do start the next one, then um, you're not in the habit of finishing pro- projects, you know? So, so I consider it's, I just have to finish it. And, you know, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm ashamed of, <laughs> of so much of my work, <laughs> but if I hadn't put out the stuff I'm ashamed of, I wouldn't have put out the stuff that I'm proud of. What was your um, best slash worst idea? And I hope it's the same song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I even before streaming, I was like, I was like, people, I people want songs about poop, you know. And I know it's it's so <laughs> embarrassing because I like I consider myself like a talented artist, and um, but I got to make money somehow, and so like the poop song is literally it's a minute and a half long. I, I just recorded piano and vocals in one take and the whole, all the lyrics are just the word poop over and over again. 
and it's it, you know it's got five million Spotify streams. <laughs> it's, so, and then and then I, I I people I was I noticed people like songs with their names in them. Okay, mm. and so I did hundred that almost two thousand songs where I sing people's names over and over again. But then I was like, wait a second. People like poop songs, people like name songs. What if I combined the two? And I've done <laughs> more than 3,000 name poop songs where <laughs> I sing a person's name followed by poop. And, every, and, and I, I have a list, 800 names long of people sending me. They're like, hey, my you haven't done my brother's name. He's got a really unique <laughs> name, kid. And so I had I have it like and and I can't get through the list because I because they keep coming in. Um, but <laughs> it, it, I and again, it's just so it's like uh it's like it's so hilarious that I'm I'm in in a li- the little room in the you know the little spare room in in our house and and I spend the day singing fifty name poop songs and i'm just like i'm living the dream this is it this is uh this is how you make it in entertainment (laughs) i feel like this is the movie right here yeah well the movie (laughs) i told you the the one 10 years in the working yeah yeah local legends is all about that and um and i think it's very self-deprecating and uh and fun and so yeah I, i recommend it you can rent it on amazon for like two bucks um and uh and I'll tell you a top secret. I'm I'm halfway through the sequel and uh it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride. Nice. Awesome. Halfway through writing it, yeah. Yeah, I guess a, a plus to the uh prolificness is you, you hear so often where a band makes it on the song they hated, but hey, if you got 30, yeah. you gotta like a few of them to to play for people over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> or right. a couple thousand as it may be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well when I do shows, I only very infrequently but like you know if it's less than a three-hour show then um that's that's rare you know and and once a year i do a five and a half hour epic show where it's just like a a total endurance test for the audience (laughs) several of them are still there at the end i give out stickers uh to anyone who lasts to the very end of the show as as a reward (laughs) awesome rewards at the end of shows are good yeah (laughs) Well, hey, I'm doing a show in Orlando, Atlanta to Orlando. That's an easy ride. Just keep that in mind. Oh, March, yeah. ni- March 9th. Oh, hell yeah. I've got plenty of time. I'll see you there. Awesome. <laughs> I- I'm going to get a sticker. I'm oh, getting good. a sticker. Oh, right. that's going to be real nice. Yeah. You get big yeah. in Japan next. <laughs> <laughs> it-, it would work. Japanese people love poop jokes. Been poop. That is true. That is true. Unchi, there's a word you need to know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the, the kids will. That's what the Japanese kids will say too, Alexa. So <laughs> I still have that little toilet I bought at a shrine where the poop dances inside of it. Unchi san, yeah, yeah. Mister yeah. Mister Poop. <laughs> is Atlanta yeah. to Orlando actually close, or is it just America close? Eight hours it's like drive, eight, so eight America hours. close. <laughs> yeah, like the entire yeah. length of the country I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the good thing about America is it's like a hundred ten dollar flight, and that flight takes like mm. thirty minutes. So, you know, no no trains, but cheap flights. Yeah, of course it? you have to rent a car when you're there, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, usually at this point we 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 look up reviews for the movies. Uh, if it's supposed Ooh. to be good, 
if it's supposed to be a, a good one, we look up a bad one, vice versa. Um, yeah. I, I did look for this movie. Uh, you got a 10, which was nice. It wasn't an interesting read. There were no ones. Yeah. You have no ones for this movie. The lowest was a four. So, and that but, one was still positive. <laughs> you could always check Letterboxd. Letterboxd has a lot more um, reviews. Oh, damn. Uh, are we changing formats now? Right on the fly? Letterboxd podcast now? Huh? Uh, oh, I guess you, uh, it looks we're like DB podcast. In the chairing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you guys anti Letterboxd? Are you anti Letterboxd no. or no? The, um, the original premise of the podcast was we were doing the top 100 and bottom 100 films on IMDb. Uh, okay. So we would deliberately pick the IMDb reviews. Uh-huh, but yeah, uh-huh. there's no reason we can't use a Letterboxd review. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mark, you have those searching eyes. Did you find something? You've got... Do, 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 do. I'm trying to find it. I, okay. okay. Four and a half I got... stars. I did it. I intimidated Ninja. Am I your hero, Farley? Michael Myers doesn't have shit on Freaky Farley. <laughs> one life. Well, I got... I got one. Ready? Okay. The one star from January <laughs> this year. I've subjected myself to a third Motern Media film in an effort to give a countering view from that of their bubble of fandom. An earlier effort than the other two I've seen. I enjoyed this one a bit. It's actually in color. Not that I have anything against black and white on its own, but given that everything else in the, the film is bland and flat, it's nice to have something more lively on screen. As per usual, the acting is bad. I'm not sure if it's the writing or the acting that makes the dialogue feel so awkward and unnatural. Probably a combination. Is it on purpose? Is it supposed to be funny? Either way, it's just bad. All right, <laughs> uh, we'll stop there. But ooh, that's that's uh, that's tough, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, among our filmmaking friends, I mean, with music too, you just kind of got to eat the bad reviews sometimes and uh, wear them as a badge I, of honor yeah. if you can. <laughs> I love them, and um, they're always so much more entertaining than the positive ones. Like it's uh, here's one more one star. One, this is not a horror movie. Two, I didn't finish watching this, which is lame. I know I never bother logging about movies I didn't finish, but that leads to the third point. Three, I'm really surprised by all the positive reviews for this. This is a pretty obscure movie, so there's not much info to be found, but from what's available, that's all enthusiastic. So, yeah, uh, we we do have a a small um, but um, um, energetic fan base, at least. And um, like we we premiered two movies back in May, and uh, we got about 100, 100 plus people to come from all over the country and even the world. Uh, for that so it you know we're not making any money but it's like at least at least people are actually watching it mm. it's kind of about finding cool. your tribe and art music film or whatever is a, a good way to find your tribe right yeah. yeah and and we could i could see it being somewhat profitable at some point and uh i tell my friends i'm like we're, we're gonna keep doing this till we're in our late 80s and so we got a long way to go uh to, to find <laughs> to reach that pinnacle of success that we're hoping for just deal with it you're in it's too late to get out (laughs) (laughs) well you know what's good is like in the old days people in their 20s especially like they wanted to like do things and like go out and and have fun but now that all our peers are you know in their in their 40s it's like they have nothing else to do so it's like (laughs) it's a lot easier to get actors than it used to be because um (laughs) <laughs> they got nothing going on. I love it. 
Well, Luke's not up to his forties yet, but I, I guess podcasting's the same. <laughs> I'm I'm in my I would still go out. I, I am in my forties, but I ran out of money, so I don't. <laughs> so yeah, you know, well, I'd be in somebody's movie if they were like, "Yeah, I'll give you free food." Sure. Yeah, and that's that's what Why we not? do. We we order a few pizzas and we we have have a super fun time. I'll tell you one thing: it's a lot easier to get uh, guys to do it <laughs> than the females. Basically, the only females who are willing to be in our movies are married to us or or very closely related. So, um, but uh, the rest of them want nothing to do with us. <laughs> uh, I, I guess we'll wrap it up today unless someone had a, had another big point they wanted to throw out. The the only thing I, well, I have one thing left is that I was a very weird kid growing up. And this movie does kind of realistically depict that you can be weird as hell and women still like you. And it's yeah. that weird. <laughs> it definitely captures that weird magnetism of like, this shouldn't happen, but it's realistic somehow. Yeah. Well, I think it, yeah. People are the same as what Matt said about films. The worst thing you can be is boring. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and if you're that weird guy, if there's there's going to be like this one girl is kind of be like, what's up with that guy? I, I want to figure out what, what what's up with that guy. And uh, <laughs> God, God bless the, those ladies. Yeah, and I definitely knew other weirder people than me who got mega laid. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you already mentioned your Orlando March 9th, but uh, anything upcoming with the, the Motor Media? Yeah, I'm doing uh, doing a show. Uh, in I live in Danvers, Massachusetts, and there's this little uh, town hall theater um, that I, I rented out for... September, October, November, uh, just to do just they're free shows just for fun, uh, just because I love doing it. So the next one is October uh, 21st. If any. Yeah. Come visit Salem, Massachusetts, which is like the Halloween capital of the world. It's fantastic. They took the tragedy of um, the Salem witch trials and turned it in and, and turned it into a tourist attraction. So come check that out. And then come see a free show in Danvers next door, uh, October twenty first. It's gonna be fun. Oh yeah! <laughs> this was this is a whole thing though. The last vac- the last time I flew anywhere was Boston, uh, in October, and my friend wanted to go to Salem, uh, was but didn't plan anything. So I'm gonna say that if you do go to Salem, buy tickets for things in advance because everything yeah. was sold out <laughs> in October. Yeah. But uh, it's like a it's like a street festival though. Even if you I mean, can't get into great. the yeah the the museums and stuff, it's like people are. I mean, my whole family we get dressed up and just parade around, and everyone else is. It's like a like a Mardi Gras atmosphere uh, all month long in in Salem. So it's it's pretty pretty uh, wonderful. Yeah, nice. I, I hit that up in a, a 2002, so it might be a little different these days. But yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it gets bigger. Yeah, it gets bigger every year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is nice and big and lively. I, I'm I'm just sitting here trying to remember what my costume was, and I can't for my life. But yeah, 21 years ago, whatever. We probably walked by each other. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, Luke, uh, what do you want to say about us today, or uh, others, or whatever? You can find us on Twitter at <laughs> time. No, that's the other one. <laughs> films? Is it just films and filth? It is. Yes, yeah, if you now, paid, 
If they start charging for Twitter, we ain't doing it. <laughs> no, we're not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you pay to get on Twitter, it's on you, not on us. Yeah. We're not there. Uh, you just got a new follower. <laughs> All right. For the time being. Yeah. I'm your I am your Hoping your ninth follower. <laughs> it's a new account. <laughs> We're on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of that jazz. Make sure you like and subscribe, rate and review. If you want to help support the podcast, keep it online. Head over to patreon.com slash And there you will find links to the other podcasts we create, um, some of which are much more popular than this one. Mm. Make sure you check them out. Give them a listen. Tell your friends all of that. Word up. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stroll off into the woods, I guess. For all real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for trogs. They'll sing wild thing at you, maybe. I was gonna go to the gym, but maybe I'll just go dig a big hole and fill it back in. Hey, that's manly. <laughs> I'm gonna go fight a ninja. That's the director, uh, Charlie Roxburgh playing the ninja, by the way. Great performance. That's, awesome. that's one of my favorite things is that he's just nin he's not the ninja, he's a ninja. <laughs> like it hey ninja. Everyone just accepts that there's a town ninja too, but I love it. I used to assume that's what goes on in small town America. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing telling me otherwise. <laughs> Good. We do have the uh, ninja village in Nagano. So. Yeah, but that's different. We're in Japan. Yeah, yeah, okay. Makes sense. But <laughs> oh, it's just... Wait, are there ninjas there? Um, you are the yes. ninja. You have to climb, no. climb around on stuff. It's mildly dangerous. You can rent a suit. Hmm. There, cool. is at least, there is at least one guy there who is a practitioner of ninjutsu. <laughs> all right with your bunny has, ears <laughs> has anybody been to like the ninja steakhouse in new york no oh. i'm sorry i'm like derailing this with a badass ninja tangent at the last second oh i i, I, I listening I, <laughs> <laughs> okay sure, i've been to the eager and koga valley where ninjas actually come from that's Ooh. cool and then Maybe i did the better. ninja trap house because i was the only white guy i was like too big and clumsy and activating all the traps so then all the Japanese people were like make him do it make him do it for every single thing hell yeah <laughs>
Upside down when you're hanging around. 